0: Look at me, all organised.
1: You typed up your notes.
0: I did. I just thought I would do that. It's not often it happens. But it does happen sometimes. All right.
1: Go for it. Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today we're going to be doing a, well, a bonus episode because what we're going to be talking about today is not a typical GAPS topic. We're going to be talking about Nightbreed. This is the movie from Clive Barker, written, directed, original material from him, like this is very much his thing. We're talking about the one from 1990. However, you and I recently watched a different version than the original one yeah what, is, is this the director's cut that we saw or is yeah, this... there's two director's cut there's one called
0: i think there's one called the director's cut and there's another one called the cabal cut one is 20 minutes long and one is 40 minutes long we watched the 20 minutes extra one. 20
1: minutes extra yeah whereas the other one has 40 minutes 40, extra. and i don't know what they put in that one <laughs> we're going to be talking a bit i think about the differences between the two versions one thing I, I've forgotten as the credits popped up is Danny Elfman did the music for this.
0: That's my thing. It's like, whoa, Danny Elfman did the music. There's a bit of pub trivia for you.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of obvious. There are a few songs in there. I go, oh, there's some very similarities oh, between yeah. so this it's, it's and Nightmare I Before I was Christmas. Like, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, this is this has definitely got
1: his signature all over it. There's not too much we could talk about in the spoiler-free section because we're just going to jump right into it. I think I would recommend that people see Nightbreed. Especially if they like horror movies, if they like, and I'm, I'm just going to say B movies. Yeah. If you like that kind of thing, if you like cult classic kind of movies, Nightbreed, it, it could definitely be for you. If you're really into mostly physical special effects, this is another one which would be quite good for that. This was kind of just on the cusp before Jurassic Park came out and changed yeah. everything as far as special effects. I recommend it. It's not perfect. It's really not perfect, but I think that that's part of its charm. I'm not really sure that I want to see a triple A version of Nightbreed. I just kind of like it the way that it is.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. But I would say, if you're going to watch it,
1: just watch the original. I would say it is the same. <laughs> I didn't want to jump into that too much because we're going to have to explain why, but I also think that the extra stuff doesn't add much. It was
0: cut for a reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... That would be our recommendation. Watch the original one first. One, it's shorter, and two, I actually think it's a better version. I think it's a better version, too. So, we're on the same page for that. So, with that, let's head into the spoiler section. <laughs> All right. So, what I notice most, I think, about the new version is the, or the new-er version. I think this yeah. came out, like, seven years ago. Yeah. A lot is added to the beginning, and a lot is added to the end. Like, yes. That seems to be the majority of where this extra time is coming from, as well as what I would say are just lots of extra quick clips of Midian citizens and what they look like. Because there were some I was looking at going, I have never seen that one
0: before. Oh, <laughs> I well, we'll have to compare notes on that. I mean, I watched the original years and
1: years and years ago. Some people that you might recognize. <laughs> one person you might recognize for me. For you. Yeah. Not a whole lot that I would, and in fact, looking at some of their IMDb pages, like, this is it. Just a question mark picture? (laughs) No, it's usually a picture from Nightbreed, and this is the only Ah, thing they've done. There there are a few people who are like that. I looked at the IMDb pages of some of the people. I didn't look at it for all of them. I've got the character names here so that we can help keep them straight because there are so many, (laughs) and we barely get their names a lot of times, even after seeing it many times i still have i didn't know sometimes. any of those
0: names man none of them i know boone that's it
1: as far as actors all right who do you recognize there's only one you recognize. yeah yeah and if you've seen what one, Oh, it was videodrome i think where you were mocking his acting yeah yeah i
0: i kind of disagree with you i'm gonna eat my words on that He's not as bad as i what i remembered him as okay
1: i'm gonna give him some slack I'm gonna say given who he's with yeah, and he's probably the best on. one there. <laughs> I'm not sure I would say that, but I think he fits right in. I think that he does give kind of a B movie performance, but for me, this is a B movie, so yeah, yeah, it fits.
0: I, I was I was maybe a bit overly harsh on my memory of that. Watching yeah. it again, I was like, still bad, but it's not that bad, and it's supposed to be but to be bad. I mean, if you got like a really good actor in there then they would seem really out of place, you know? If you got, like, you imagine putting in, like, I don't know...
1: Idris Elba in this movie. Yeah, yes,
0: yeah. so, you know, anyway, yeah, putting Jack Nicholson as the weird hermit guy. I don't know, maybe that would be a thing, but... Yeah, so...
1: <laughs> Craig Sheffer, I've told you about him before, because we talked about Nightbreed before. He is a B-movie king. Like, he's done <laughs> so many movies... And it kind of surprises me that he isn't more familiar to you. Most of the other people, there is, uh, like, Detective Joyce is played by, and I'm probably going to pronounce the name incorrectly, but it's Hugh Quorshy. And he was in Phantom Menace. He played Captain Panaka, like the head of... Ah, okay, yeah, I did recognize him. He's done some other bits and stuff that you might recognize, but that was the one that I most recognized him from. You would know Lylesburg. So Lylesburg Oh,
0: is that is that um, Grandfather Liam Neeson? Okay,
1: <laughs> yes the one, the one who has the like, kind of eyes. gills But yeah. we find out at the end their eyes yeah. yeah, that was my nickname for him Grandfather Neeson <laughs> See, that's why I had to write these down so <laughs> wait, we, don't have to, we don't have to deal with both of our sets of nicknames <laughs> It's
0: going to be like we were here together We have got to guess who each other's character is I
1: probably should have done that That would have been a fun <laughs> game Do you know who it is? <laughs> no, no idea Ah, so if I say the name Doug Bradley, does that help you nope. out? He is Pinhead from Hellraiser.
0: Oh my god, really?
1: Yeah, the makeup totally makes him look very different in this one. Wow,
0: wow, and he doesn't sound the same
1: at all. Yeah,
0: okay, fair enough. Yeah, I it, did not expect that.
1: I like I said, most of the others, I, I really wouldn't recognize their name or even anything else they've been in for the most part the movie do you want to go in order you've got your notes in order i kind of just did a quick rough outline i just
0: went as i went along and just wrote down things that i noticed and tried to say like oh this is a bit from the cut that i don't remember from the original Mm -hmm. so uh, well
1: that's fine so why don't you lead us and take us through the story i guess i'll comment as things come up
0: I just like the opening of this, where the movie is happening inside the lettering. It, almost like how Marvel does today with, with their opening scene. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's quite nifty.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, when they're when they're catching us up on the past movies.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. When they're they've got the, the Marvel lettering, but inside the letters is the old movies. Yeah, and this is basically a foreshadow of like the whole film <laughs> in the in the first five seconds.
1: Well, it is because they're basically showing us the prophecy, right? Yeah. Which is very interesting. The prophecy, unlike most movies or books or anything that has a prophecy, which comes up in like page two, they don't bring up the prophecy until it's kind of already happened. Right. Which is very interesting story-wise. And it's one of the things I like most about Nightbreed is it takes some of the conventional storytelling ideas and flips them around a bit. And I like that, actually. Mm.
0: Yeah, I like the cave paintings during the opening credits and stuff like that, and yeah, like you said, Danny Huffman pops up he's like, oh, there you go, bit of trivia. Yeah, so basically we get to the opening and that's the dream sequence that Boone has. So he's being chased by who I refer to as Porcupine Lady, Hellboy's Little Brother, and Mike Patton from Faith No More. Um, Okay, (laughs) man.
1: And never mind. We'll come to these characters later. We'll come to the characters later.
0: But yeah, I loved how that dream was so funny because there's two really far out there characters looking. You've got the guy who looks like he's got like snakes for dreadlocks. And then you've got, obviously, the porcupine lady. And then, yeah, Mike Patton's just chilling out there. Just
1: looks like a normal guy from high school. Who's this Mike? You said that last night in the text. Who's this Mike Patton character?
0: Um, he's the guy in the end we see he's got like the snakes come out of his belly. Oh, okay. Yeah, but in this part, he looks like Mike Patton. Towards the end, you see he doesn't. But, look... I
1: don't even know who Mike Patton oh, is. Oh, he's this lead singer for Faith No More. There'll be a picture. <laughs> but see, I only remember him from his young days. Oh, when he was, he was like
0: long hair and yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, this is what he looks like now. A
0: little bit, not not as fat, but yeah, um, okay. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, so and then the way the 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 Hellboy guy with the guy with the horns just does like the backflip as if they're in High School The Musical or something like that. It's just like what? And then yeah, then he wakes up and my first comment was, "Wow, those are those are some brave Y-fronts, Boone." Like, what was up with all this? All the okay, underwear but this, this movie? is
1: a different version than the one we saw. I don't remember this ever happening in the original version. You mean
0: the backflip and stuff?
1: No, him walking around in his underwear all the time. They're like three scenes in this opening bit that I think have been added that all involve underwear. <laughs> there was definitely one later on. The part where he's hallucinating himself, having sex with his girlfriend, that's all put in. That's not from the original cut. Right. I think well, that that's odd because... See, I'd have to go back and watch it again. I did watch a few clips of the original one when I wasn't sure, but I didn't check this out. But in my memory, it goes straight from dream sequence to Decker's office. So everything else. I
0: think we definitely get, though, because this, this is definitely in chronological order. Mm-hmm. We definitely get David Cronenberg calls up Boone, says to come in for a session. Boone says, nah, I'm all right. He's like, oh, I can't come today. He's like, oh, well, come tomorrow then. He's like, oh, sure, whatever. So he's, we get that, you know, he's been cured of whatever was bothering him before. Then Cronenberg goes out and murders that family. Yeah that was definitely in the original yeah. that was
1: and then we well Decker i mean just to understand listeners when we refer to Cronenberg we're oh, talking oh about yeah, him as yeah, the Decker, actor Decker. it's not saying he actual in real life has actually gone out and done any of these things I'm pretty sure that could be debated is <laughs> that is that is that is that a, is that a, lo- a lawsuit
0: <laughs> probably david cronenberg hasn't killed anyone okay But yeah, I love the mask. Let's just go straight for the the, the first murder, that mask. I like
1: the mask. It's always bothered me, the mask, for two reasons. Because it's from Coraline? No, because this... You know, I had seen this movie years before I'd ever even heard of Coraline. I feel like there's no way he can actually see out of the mask, because the buttons are in the way.
0: (laughs) I never actually even thought about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm blind. Uh... The mouth is crooked and off-center... Oh, that's a bit creepy, though, isn't it? It is, and I think that's probably why it's there. It just bothers me because I could just imagine wearing it, and it just looks very uncomfortable and not practical, and I would have thought that he would have tried to fix it by now, but, I mean, if, he, if he's fine with the fact that he can't see out of the mask or not see well, then I guess yeah, definitely the mouth thing doesn't matter either. But he's got a zipper that he never really uses,
0: so what's the point? I think he uses it once. Yeah, we get to actually see him use it once. But yeah, zips on faces, creepy. I don't know. Yeah, I did. Li- I did like the mask, but it's more of a video game mask than a practical, practical murderers weekly mask. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> it's like the free mask you get with the magazine from murdering people. Yeah. So then we hear about Midian. Midian is bit. this in the office? Yeah. So this is this Midian is this mythical place. This is what Boone has obviously been. Kind of dreaming about and there's monsters and it's where monsters can go to be forgiven.
1: Right. I do you have a problem here? There is well, there are two problems I have <laughs> with this meme. One is the fact that we've only been given the one actual dream sequence, and in it, we never see anybody who's murdered. And I really feel like if you're going to connect Boone to the murders we need to see him having that vision. I think that we're meant to imply that as Decker was killing, Boone was also seeing it in his dream, but it wasn't really connected for us as the audience. So that's always bothered me. It seems like a small thing that could have been fixed in editing. But two is the fact that the doctor says police have been asking about him and I'll give you a 24-hour head start. <laughs> basically, he does a John Wick on him,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it.
1: it, it, it Doesn't really make any sense because uh, there's a a patient-doctor privilege, I think, that would go into place here. But also this weird, I'll give you 24 hours, just seems very unprofessional, no matter how you look at it.
0: I mean, I guess it's because... He's playing him, isn't it? So he wants him to... By the end of the movie, he's using Boone as a pawn to find Midian.
1: Oh, he definitely is. Which and- I don't
0: understand, because everybody seems to know where it is. <laughs> it's this great secret that everyone knows. But yeah, so it's like, he's obviously... He gives him the drugs. This will help you. You've got 24 hours to go to the cops and confess to six murders. This is where this scene is all added in. The club. The 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 part, I don't remember him burning his
1: passport... Oh, no, that part is so weird, where he just takes everything out of a drawer and sets it on fire. In the
0: middle of his apartment. I mean, yeah, he's high as hell, but then he sees him him and his girlfriend in those beautiful Y-fronts again, and yeah, this whole scene went on for far too long, and then that bit in the club where it's just an MTV music video for some country
1: singer, and then we cut to- Oh, oh, oh. What? I don't think we ever get to actually see him, at least not in the cut that we had, but apparently Neil Gaiman is in the scene. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe
0: he's in the 40-minute cut then.
1: He's he's in the IMDb as uncredited. Oh, really? Club scene. So he's yeah. in
0: this scene somewhere. Fair enough, yeah. Maybe I'll go back and have another look for him. They, I can see why they left this part out. It adds absolutely nothing to the story whatsoever.
1: It's also just very weird that Boone, in his weird hallucinogenic state, decides to show up anyway. Yeah. And then goes back out, seemingly for no reason. Yeah.
0: I mean, they obviously shot that and thought, this is dumb. Why do we even think this was a good idea? Let's just cut to the part where he gets hit by the truck. Yeah. That'll but be you, you missed
1: the amazing part where she reminds him to come to the club because he's a welder or something. Some car mechanic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But again, totally unnecessary. Yeah. Doesn't really help build their relationship. And maybe I'm guessing just totally my theory here is that Barker always wanted more scenes with them to add more to their relationship. But these don't do it. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and he would be right to think that because the relationship was really nothing, especially what it builds up to be in the end. It's
1: like, uh, nah, Yeah, you, of this version, yeah.
0: You would have just left her behind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in the original, he gives him the drugs and then we just cut to Boone wandering aimlessly on the middle of a highway, gets hit by a truck, and then we meet one of my favorite characters who's a bit over the top, but... narcissist. I remember I liked this guy, the guy with the coolest uh, little thumb-sized knives ever. yes and i don't know what his name is
1: well it's i can't be Narc narcisse maybe it ends in an e so it mm. be like Narcissa, except narcisse narcisse yeah. yeah where he wants to show boone his true face for no reason boone's yeah. already like yeah it's okay you don't have to do anything and he's like no 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 i really <laughs> want to, want show to do you. this yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah i remember that scene freaking me out when i saw that because yeah just when he's like got like bits of his scalp and he's just like holding him out for him like here here's a present for you yeah, that, that bit was pretty pretty freaky. Yeah, so so this guy obviously Oh yeah. Oh Midian? Yeah. Go up that road, take a left, drive to the left, take a right, then you go, there you go. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not like some you don't you don't have to do any rituals to get in or it's just it's down the road and on the on the
1: right. I do like though that as Boone is leaving a guy with no scalp, essentially, is a good distraction to say why Boone was able to sneak away so easily. Right, yeah. yeah I think that, that that does hold up.
0: So, yeah, so then Boone basically drives down, he finds Midian. Well,
1: he, what? <laughs> as, well, as I put in my notes, he drives through the woods to find some giant map paintings. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, he does. I uh, mean, I I love matte paintings, and I think that they can work very, very well. But boy, did they not how to? They they didn't know how to use them in this. No, one. no. They, they they just stick out so much. Yeah. Like this is a painting. This one is not. Yeah, this
0: is the, yeah. This is a painting. This one is not. This is a real cemetery. This is the fake cemetery. This is some really bad bits. But it's great. I love it. It's 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 fine. But yeah, so he finds the gate, it's from his dreams I really remember this bit when I was a kid Because this part really confused me Because it's daytime, it's nighttime, It's daytime again, the sun is going down It's daytime, oh it's pitch black Oh it's daytime again It's like their day for night shots in this Are incredibly bad I didn't know what time it was uh, And I just decided just that whatever Doesn't matter, but I've just never forgotten That part because it confused me so much <laughs> I think that's fair. And what kind of, what kind of dog makes a sound like a pig when that dog wakes him up? Well, a Clive Barker dog, obviously. Yes.
1: I think we can imply <laughs> that it's not a normal dog. Hmm. Pretty much anything that's in Midian is not normal. Yeah. It's not what they refer to as natural.
0: Right, yes. Even, even the animals, yeah. But then we get yeah, introduced to our like, kind of two main Midian guys for now who are, and I've got. As, yeah, Moonface and Snake Hair.
1: Right. Uh, Moonface, that is Kinski. Okay. But I don't know that we ever hear his name in the whole movie. But he refers to the other one by name, which is Peliquin. Okay. And he's going to bite Boone. Mm-hmm. But he has this great bit of dialogue saying how I can smell innocence like a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> you're totally innocent. But you're, you're meat, to which you're, he has to say few thousand times on the way out the door. But yeah, he bites him in the most gruesome looking bite once we see it afterwards. Right? Yeah.
0: Basically like torn all the flesh away from the, the kind of the clavicle I'm on either side of it and you can see the line where the bone is in the middle. But yeah, that, that your meat for the beast. That, I just remember that as a kid. That was one of my favourite lines. Yeah, this part was hilarious because, alright, there's this chase I'll hold you back. Get out, chase, hold him back. They do that a bit too much. But then when he gets outside, they brought the friggin' army to take this guy down, man. Holy moly. They had machine guns, shotguns, pistols. I don't know. The only thing they were missing, man, was a rocket launcher. Seriously.
1: Well, they get that later.
0: They do do get that later. But, wow, they were well-equipped for taking down one little guy.
1: They are. I could understand this is meant to be a serial killer. He's meant to I think you said six, but I think it's six families. I think it's more like thirteen people that he's taken out. Something that's right. like that.
0: They do say that and yeah.
1: So I kind of understand them having a lot of people there and not wanting him to escape. But the cops in this movie trust a lot Decker all the time. Yeah. We we have kind of skipped over just a little bit where Decker did go in to talk to Oh yes, yeah, right. Our <laughs> friend Narcissus. And um this is well. <laughs> I'm going to bring this up now because I don't want to forget it. I never understood how he goes from the hospital, not Decker, uh, but how he goes from the hospital to being in Midian because he wasn't bitten by anyone. So in theory, he dies in the hospital. Or did he get there on his own? Like crawl there, dying? Yeah. With his face cut off? I guess it's possible. It just seems because everybody has to drive there, it seems like it must be far away.
0: Yeah. I didn't even just th- I didn't even think about that.
1: That's, that's, just, that's, just, that's just, just always bother me because he just seems to appear. He happens to be there when boom And he's like, later. I've been
0: here for ages, man. Where have you been? <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> Which is another issue I have with the movie. And he's already and again, he, he's
0: inducted, I, he knows his way around.
1: I love the movie. I love it mostly because it's fun. Fun for me makes a lot of excuses for other stuff that isn't as good. And so I will always love this movie because it, I always think it's fun. And I love the way that, like I said before, it turns some of the the standard storytelling tropes on its head. But there are some huge gaps in the story that I've never been able to ignore. And that's one of them. And just pretty much anything where it seems like a lot of time is supposed to have passed, but we don't get that. To me, the movie feels like it takes place in about three days. Yes. But I think we're meant to believe that it's taken longer. Yeah, I would agree.
0: That's the only, that's the only real explanation. But yeah, he does seem to get there very quickly and know his way around and is on first-term basis with
1: everyone. Right, he you knows everything. <laughs> well, let's talk about the shooting then, the shooting of Boone, where they, <laughs> the doctor just says, Oh, he's got a gun. And then they just... <laughs> <laughs> he gets
0: like two seconds to jump out of the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then they, uh, they shoot him about hundred times? Yeah. I think the doctor
0: says something like 30 bullets in him. He pulls out 30 rounds. <laughs> I didn't think Canadians were that trigger happy. But yeah, that was... Are we are we supposed to believe that this is in... No, nah, no, nah, no. Nah, because they mention Canadian places in the movie, don't they? So it is they're, like they're set in Canada.
1: Yeah. In fact, in this version, because I don't think that that scene, that first scene with Laurie and Boone exists in the original, where they're talking about getting out of town... But okay. Laurie says, let's get out of Calgary for a while. So they're yeah. meant to be in Calgary. And they mention someplace else, which I'm pretty sure is in Alberta. So
0: He talks about Edmonton.
1: But the other thing is, like, I don't think Shearneck exists. I'm pretty sure. I hope <laughs> that this place doesn't exist, or at least doesn't exist as it does in Nightbreed. So basically, Boone's complete toast.
0: Off to the morgue. We find out, for some reason, again, I don't really see the logic to this, but for some reason, this bite is magical and brings him back to life, and he walks out of the morgue and grabs that's, that cool leather jacket.
1: That's probably the easiest thing for me to believe. <laughs> how many other horror movie tropes does that fit? True, yeah, vampires and... Werewolves. Yeah. yeah. So, to me, that totally makes sense. But that's why the other guy never made sense to me, because he wasn't bitten. I didn't understand how he survived.
0: But I thought it was just because he was implying that he was a bad person, but he was trying to... Atone for his sins, maybe?
1: Is that, I, I, that's the thing. Oh, no. It's just how he physically survived to get there. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. It was always my impression that the doctor killed him.
0: I thought the doctor killed him as well. Or at least tortured him to get the address to Midian, which everyone knows. So uh, this part, I can't remember if this was in the original or not. Maybe you can help me out with this. Basically, he escapes the morgue, and we cut to Decker is listening to Boone's old tapes with this rather large collection of knives laid out on the desk in front of him. Honestly,
1: I don't remember either.
0: I don't remember it being I in the think original.
1: there's a part of me that thinks that that is in the original, because I seem to remember him listening to that tape before right. and being very upset and throwing it. So I think that it is. It may not be quite as long.
0: Right, because this was the part as well. I was like... So he's got this thing. He seems really angry that, basically, that Boone is... He got into Midian, basically. Cause he knows, right? Because he's, he's been after this. And yet he's been all over, killing families all over the place, and he didn't get in. And I wrote dot, 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 well, dot, 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 yet. But that's from the original cut. I was always under the impression that that was his goal. I didn't realise that it was his impression to... Uh, his impression? His... It's not His honesty. motivation? His motivation uh to...
1: Kill everything.
0: Yeah, to wipe them out. I thought he was trying to join them. And he was angry that Boone got in, but he didn't. And he's been murdering people left, right, and center. That part of the story just doesn't make sense to me.
1: That's funny, because that was always my impression as well. So now I think that I have to go back and watch the original version, because I it was my impression he wanted in.
0: Yeah, but in this cut that we saw, he explicitly states that it's his mission to wipe them out. He was using Boone to find Midian so that he could exterminate them. Like he's some crusader. But he's... Been killing families.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't. He says specifically, I meant to kill breeders, but I didn't know if that meant night breeders or just people with any, families. <laughs> with families, because he's been killing families. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. But if his point is to kill families, he's got a lot more work to do than what he's been doing. Yeah. I yeah. I I don't understand his motivation either, mm. to be honest, and. That's also a real problem with the movie. It should be much more clear than what it is.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if there was anything else there. I basically, I think it cuts back to now. Boone's girlfriend. She sets off for Midian as well because everyone's off to Midian now. And you know, I wrote, "Yeah, this is where I wrote that for being such a secret place. This place is really easy to find. Everyone's heard of it. Everyone knows where it is."
1: Yeah, but she's just heading to, to the bar. To the bar first, right? Yeah. She's going to meet Cheryl Ann at the bar. I actually kind of like their meeting scene. I think Ann, she's probably one of the better actors in the movie. She (laughs) really has a character and she plays it well. There's a whole thing then where she meets up with this sophisticated man. A banker. But it's funny, I'm pretty sure the scene was extended as well, that there's the whole thing where the bartender says, here's the drink, and they long shot kind of pan back to the drink that we know now decker is holding i don't remember that one if it was there it's totally slipped my memory but it was my impression that they could cut that out because she says in her next scene that she met somebody
0: yeah and even in that scene i i was looking at it maybe i needed my glasses on but i don't even think you can see decker anyway no you
1: just see his hand
0: right okay so no idea Decker's obviously, yeah, he's found the map to Midian, he's on his way, and there must be just like one road in the middle of Canada anyway, and so they bump into each other. No offence to Canadians, I'm just saying, it's like, it's no, rural, there's <laughs>
1: probably only one main road anyway. True. I was just thinking back to the South Park episode, Canada's only road. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but here we are with, I think we need to make sure we talk about Boone's baptism meets the crew now. Yeah, this is, this is the next part. Can I just say my names, get them out
0: there? You can see you can see if you can put names to them for me. Right. So we've got Grandfather Neeson, we've already got. Well,
1: we already know that. That's going to be Lylesburg. He just has like a regular name. It's like <laughs> Derek Lylesburg or something. It's very... But I think uh, they only ever refer to him as Lylesburg. Yeah, my name's Bob. Um, Gypsy Lady. <laughs> the one who turns to miss. Yes. That's Rachel.
0: Okay. Uh, Bald Monk with the dog.
1: I had to look that one up. That's Onaka. Okay. Um, he also has a necklace. He's not really a monk. The necklace is dead bird heads. Ah, okay, okay, <laughs> nice.
0: Uh, you don't. He's not really. The, the other two are not really part of the group. You only. See, I think you only see them in this scene. Basically, <laughs> face, face face ripped up. Blue Diamond Phillips. <laughs> what did I write that for? But uh, I'll, I'm going to he see if I can cut. Up. Cut, face Phillips. ripped up Lou Diamond Phillips.
1: Okay, now I can't guess that one. All right, no.
0: well I'll, I'll put a picture in the video for okay. this one. And then some kind of melted wax dummy who's just standing off in the corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I don't think those are the names I've got. Okay. But yeah, so he gets his baptism. There's the Right, and here's another thing where I think we're meant to think time has passed because as you refer to Moonface, uh Kinski has apparently explained the lore or the law the way they say it makes it a bit I think it's law because they keep bringing up law later
0: yeah it's almost like the Mandalorian this is the law
1: so they must have done some sort of super quick tutorial or the law is only like five sentences it's more like the Ten Commandments like this is it this is all we have just do this it seems like it's more complicated because they keep making references to this is the law and this is the law and this is the law so Unless we're just happening to hit all of the 10 things that are in the law. <laughs> it would say to me that there must be more time that has passed. But the storytelling element to the filmmaking here doesn't show me that. Right. And that's a real problem. But yeah, he gets baptized, even though our friend decides to smoke and somewhat ruin the ceremony. Uh, yeah,
0: that part as well. Even Maybe when I watched that... A while ago, it didn't bother me, What watching it this time, it's like, did we really need the little comedy bits? You're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit a, bit, a bit out of place. But yeah, so, gets baptised, and then we go back to, uh, what's her name, Lori and... Um, Cheryl Ann. Cheryl Ann, yeah. They drive to Midian, she's like, I'm going to go in and check it out, and she's like, I'm going to go and I'm just going to stay by the car.
1: Like, okay. Well... Honestly, that doesn't bother me at all.
0: Yeah, it was just the way that she said, I'm just going to stay here and, like, I can't remember her exact words, but she's like, I'll just stay here and do something or take care of myself. For the last, like, 30 years, I've been like, what are you going to do? Masturbate in the car or something like that? It's, it, sounds, it sounded weird to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe. It's just, I think, the idea of what did you do in those days? You would have just sat bored in the car, yeah. basically. You could leave the radio on for. Bit, but you can't run down the battery. Or you'll be stuck out in the middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah, true. So Laurie goes in. She comes across this little gremlin type puppet, not a puppet, but he's like a little—I don't know what. How would you even describe that? It's she. What's she? Did I say he finds? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. You said the puppet. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a girl. This but, is babette bad. So but we don't, is... we don't know that at the time. We... Well, but you find out very quickly because Rachel says, "Bring her in. Yeah. Bring her in quickly." I always thought Babette outside looked a bit like a deformed dog. Mm, Yeah. And yeah, this is actually kind of a beautiful little scene that gives a reason for Glory to actually interact. Because it doesn't feel forced to me. Babette being a child, playing outside too long and getting in trouble, and Rachel not being able to go out there because she would also burn. That works for me. Yep. It does seem a little odd that Lylesburg just happens to come up and have a conversation, but it explains a lot and it does give reason for Laurie to want to get downstairs. I think him, him appearing makes complete sense to me because they've got those guys with the
0: tusks are always like drumming on the walls. They're almost like guys that are just like sensing vibrations or something like that. They're like almost like telephone poles to the outside world. They tell what's happening on the surface so yeah that's the early warning system so yeah Liam Neeson getting tipped off is a-okay yeah so yeah so Babette gives her back then she wanders down into the underworld and very quickly does a U-turn <laughs> because who does she she bumps into the what's his name Penguin
1: the Peliquin <laughs> yeah
0: Penguin. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she, is it yeah she bumps into him yeah and she hightails it out but then we find out that
1: Sherilyn is, is dead is
0: done yeah
1: but we did get that really quick scene. We already know that Decker was here, so yeah, we we don't we don't have to question. It's very odd his car, though. I always found his why does he have this really old car? <laughs> but yeah, he hops out. Maybe he collects
0: antiques, man.
1: Yeah, maybe this is his uh, murdering car. Yeah, it's
0: untraceable. <laughs> but, yeah, I've I've noticed this, and this goes through the whole movie. Is not Decker, but. David Cronenberg, as an actor, is a little bit too eager. They have to cut back the shots because he runs really fast after her. He's almost a the door and they cut! And then she's another... She's 50 foot ahead of him again. And then he's just like... <laughs> he just like, runs up right behind her. Like, okay, cut that bit. Give her some space again. It happens every time he's stalking someone. He's just like... He's really into it. <laughs> but yeah, so basically... Decker wants to murder her because he wants to draw out Boone and he's very successful in doing that because Boone's, uh, he won't let him kill her. So he goes up and we get to see him go into beast mode for the first time, which just basically involves him exhaling smoke. And rather than have his face torn off or snakes growing out of his hair, he just gets some really cool tribal tattoos in his face. But yeah, he, he doesn't manage to catch Decker
1: because Decker can run on 100 meters in seven <laughs> seconds. I've... Always thought, and this is definitely me filling in the gaps, given the fact that, again, I saw this movie a very long time ago, and it's always been kind of part of who I am. I've known this movie for a long time. My brother, my older brother, is a huge fan of this movie. I've always filled in the gaps here with the fact that Boone is innocent, and that it seemed to me that him being innocent and introduced into the world was why he can still pass for human. Okay. Then maybe the more terrible things you've done, the more disfigured you become. Hmm. It would make sense. But that's definitely me filling in the gaps. There's no explanation for it. I think it's just probably easier, since we're going to have the most scenes with him, to give him the least amount of makeup. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So Decker then just basically calls in the army to wipe out Midian. He drives out to this little shack and meets, I don't know what this guy's doing, but he's got, like, dolls hanging from fishing wires, places covered in Christmas tree lights...
1: The set directors had so much fun making yeah. <laughs> this <place. laughs> What's everything we could put that would make somebody seem a bit crazy? Yeah. I said, yeah,
0: Everybody, read your little kid's toy chest and just bring in everything that you can. But that's again
1: where Barker here has turned it on its head. This is the guy we would normally need to be aware of. This is the guy we normally have to be afraid of. And this is one of the nicest people in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to hide... The (laughs) secret, quote unquote, of where (laughs) Midian is. The secret that everybody knows. And even as he's being tortured, saying, why would you want to hurt them? They've not done anything to you. Trying to save them, basically.
0: And yeah, and he even says, and this is why I don't understand this. I'm here, the the Decker's cause to wipe out Midian. Because he even says this, and I remember him saying this. I tried to get in. But they wouldn't let me in. But he's not angry or bitter about it. And he's like, oh, did you try to get in? Did they shun you? Is that why you're so mad at them? Like, you put that in. I don't get the second cut where it's like, Decker is a holy crusader all of a sudden. It seems really uh, weird to me. Or maybe they just put in both and decided, like, just
1: to try which way would work. I have well, no idea. That's the thing with this. Okay, so I probably should have said this earlier. I've never read Cabal. And I'm assuming you haven't. Died no, there. I haven't. So we're basing all our opinions solely on the two movie versions. We've not actually read the story where this comes from. So there are probably some things in there that might answer some of the questions that we have. When it comes to the two versions, what I find most interesting is the fact that they had the material for both versions. Right. Some things being so incredibly different, yet it was filmed both ways. I don't know if the studio made... Clive Barker go back and redo some of these scenes, and so they just were able to get the actors in to do these scenes, or if they were hedging their bets and filming it multiple ways as they went. I don't know the story of how that went, but clearly they didn't add these things later. They were things that were made originally at the same time.
0: Right. After the movie finished, uh, I looked up because I wanted to see what some of the differences were if I missed any. There's a good website actually that has all the original scripts and also like reporting that's done from magazines around the time when they're like live from the shoot of Nightbreed and stuff like that, and then the later cuts and things. I didn't really take the time to read through. Them. I just thought I was interested that someone has actually
1: archived all that. I flicked through a bit of it. I'm not surprised. And the thing is, Nightbreed is what I would refer to as a cult classic. Yeah, it for is. sure. One that people who love it absolutely love it. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. There's probably all kinds of wikis out there full of information as well. I really enjoy it. I don't love it like those people. I'm not out making it my kind of mission in life to make sure that the knowledge is spread.
0: So, yeah. So, I mean, basically, he cuts the head off of his taxidermy dog. Yes. And then tortures him, tells him how to kill them, basically. What's their weaknesses. Because, yeah, it's like, if I can't, well, if you can't join him, beat him. (laughs) That's the opposite on that. Uh, There you go. Yeah. And so he manages to torture this poor little grandfather dude, and he gives up the secrets of some take bullets, some sunshine, their powers and stuff. But again,
1: it's hardly a secret. I mean, (laughs) I, I guess it is, but the thing is, oh, what kills them? What would kill almost everyone except for the sunlight? Oh, yeah, bullets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bullets and clothes <laughs> Bullets <cosmos>. and fire. <laughs> yeah.
0: But then this room where Laurie wakes up was pretty awesome, man. That room just full of skulls everywhere. That's pretty
1: cool. And and on top of it, it's where we zoom in on the lit up eyes to get the history, the kind of weird... Yeah, that's system. right.
0: And not only is, is she in this room with the, where the walls are made of skulls, she's also in a coffin. And then she yes. gets a big dose of
1: exposition. <laughs> Kind of weird. I almost don't want this to be here. Mm. I think her telling us that humans envy them, and of course they would want to destroy what they envy, I'm totally fine with that. And then we go into these scenes of people being burned at the stake, and I'm like, well, okay, I didn't really need that. Yeah. And we already had it. All this does is tell us Babette has the power to show us the history, History, I guess. Yeah, I guess, was that the Inquisition or something like that? Could be... As I was watching it this time, I was actually kind of wondering if these were meant to be things that had been hidden in history that we didn't even know about. Right. That there may have been... Obviously, in this world, Nightbreed exists and has existed for a very long time. And it's in this conversation, I think, where Lori references, aren't you immortal? And Rachel says, no, I mean, we can be killed. But not saying... We don't live forever, right. which makes me think, yes, they can live forever so long as they don't die. And that's traditionally what I thought the main reason that the doctor wanted in was he wanted to live forever. Right. And it would make sense that he wanted to commit sins to prove that he's worthy to go in and be forgiven. It's almost like going back to four last things. Right. <laughs> you have, yeah, yeah. You have to commit sins in order to be worthy to enter, or at least in my head That was the way he saw things.
0: Yeah, this is where they keep on talking about Baphomet, Baphomet, Baphomet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wrote a note here. Sorry, Justin, there's just no escaping the Knights Templar for you. Because this is part of uh, Knights Templar kind of history. The Knights Templar were accused of worshipping Baphomet by the Inquisition. And kind of fitting for the movie as well, because Baphomet is... You've seen a picture of it. Boom, there's a picture there. It's half man, half woman, half animal, half human, half good, half evil. It's it's basically Baphomet is like the symmetry of life.
1: Half black, half blue, with parts of glowing stuff off to the side. No, no, oh. <laughs> what's that? That's the statue in the.
0: Movie. Oh yeah, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that's meant to that's like meant that. to represent yeah, Baphomet. It's yeah. nothing like that. Uh, It's basically like the goat's head kind of thing with some uh, boobs and then like human arms. But yeah, it's like it's not good. It's not evil. It's not a man. It's not a woman. uh, It's not an animal. It's not human. Basically, yeah, the the Inquisition accused the Knights Templar of worshipping this. There's a bit of interesting history behind that. Not for now. And yeah, so yeah, you just you just cannot escape the Knights Templar, Justin. You're doomed for eternity to always be subjected to
1: references. Especially as long as I keep doing this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, so she goes down... Is it, Am I jumping the gun a bit after this? She goes down into the tabernacle?
1: Well, is this where she's trying to find Boone? Basically, yeah, yeah. And she's running into everybody, and this is where we get to see all of the citizens of Midian. Yeah,
0: this and, was the part that was so vivid in my mind, because this blew my mind as a kid.
1: It did, though. I think that there's a lot added in this one. I think there's a lot of quick two-second clips, ten-second clips right. here that were not in the original one. But, yeah, it's really cool. My favorite part is the bridge area.
0: It looks like something out of M.C. Escher. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. And it looks just so real and genuine. You look at that and you go, wow, that would be very CG nowadays probably. But they probably had a lot of bridges where people had to walk across scary, delicate-looking bridges.
0: Yeah, they definitely went to town on this whole what would you call it, like set? Yeah, this went to town in this whole set, for sure.
1: I love the whole Boone almost look alike that she's following. But then when he turns around, he's like the worst looking guy in the whole movie. <laughs> I wrote down, it's
0: like, yeah. So basically, who have we got? We've got the guy that always stuck with me is the, the weird looking guy with the giraffe's neck and his head is down on top of his belly. And he's got like plastic bags for Wellington boots. The stop-motion puppets eating each other. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's almost like, like I said, it's like an M.C. Escher vision of hell almost. Definitely the flying manta rays and the cat with the boobs riding the alligator thing. That I don't remember that. Then there's the giant obese man with like, the razor teeth that just like looms over her. He was, he was in the original cut, for sure. And then you've got Mike Patton again, who looks less like Mike Patton now, feeding eels with his own blood. That was in the original
1: cut. That definitely was, because he's, he's a character that actually speaks and does stuff. His friend is referred to in IMDb as Devil Lude. He's okay. the one who's like, looks blue? kind of devil-like, but he's, yeah, kind of like a dark blue with white horns. Then mm. you got the woman... Oh, by the way, Mike Patton. <laughs> His name is Leroy Gum.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say Leroy Jenkins. That would no. be amazing.
1: <laughs> no, but it is Leroy Gum. So he gets an almost normal name. Okay, fair enough.
0: But then yeah, the woman with, like, the fan and then, like, she takes the fan away and half of her face is missing. Pretty sure she was in the original as well. The rotting mush jelly human. He looks like one of the things. What were the things called in Soma? Where they were, like, half human, half machine. They were changed by that gel. I don't
1: remember, but, but I know you what, what I'm talking, talking about. about yeah? yeah.
0: But then, yeah, then she finally, and you can clearly see it's not Boone. It's a guy who's really skinny in a white t-shirt. <laughs> and then she turns around. Seriously. Serpent Dimension Morty. Come on, look at that boo right there. That's what he looks like. And not only do we get him, but later on we get like a female version of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this is She's been to having. me one of the least impressive bits of makeup in the movie. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, some,
1: uh, the, yeah. I think he would be fine as one that's just kind of off to the side, but one where we have to specifically focus in on. I just wanted something better in this <laughs> in this one.
0: But, yeah, so I think next she goes down to the berserker, the Berserkers.
1: Right, and that's um, where our, our friend Onaka kind of helps her out because she gets too close. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's getting strangled and... It's actually where we learn he can speak because up until now oh, yeah, he's never he's spoken. Final.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, he does speak and and then this is the part where Decker's just gone bananas now. He's just killing everyone. Motel workers, hunters, truck drivers. You know, if he looks at you in a supermarket, you're dead, man. like like, Decker's just, how has he not been captured? He's just murdering everyone he bumps into. Yeah, why? I forgot this. Why does? Why do they end up going to the motel together?
1: All right, so... What happened in between that? Boone went to see Baphomet. Oh, that's right. That's right. And basically, it's the law. He broke the law to save Lori, And so he's expected now to leave. But I don't know if Baphomet says that or if Lylesburg says that. Because we don't actually get to see the interaction with Baphomet. No,
0: I'm pretty sure Baff May probably did say that because he knows that oh he'll be back. That's the prophecy.
1: So they basically are evicted, so they have to leave. That's right.
0: Yeah, because he does get pushed out that door and it like, gets locked behind him. Yeah.
1: So they go out, and then what? Well, Decker brings the cops to the motel. Is that what happens?
0: Yeah, yeah. They bring the cops to the motel, and he basically they go in. She says there's been like a bloodbath next door. There's a big hole in the oh, wall. <laughs>
1: In the wall and she doesn't notice for yeah. about 10 minutes <laughs> That's right He goes in and he sees the bodies yeah. And he can't control himself Because now he has a sort of blood lust yeah. and, a, and a taste for blood And so he's coated in blood when they find him Yeah, and he does
0: have a little taste of it as well But he does show us that he's got it under control He manages to revert back
1: And then the, he just lets them take him in This is also where we get to meet Our priest Ashbury. Yes
0: I, lo- I love the doctor's examination in this part as well, man. This was so funny. <laughs> Where did they find that doctor, man? Is that that's someone's like, hey, have you got a stethoscope? Yeah, I got one out of a toy kit when I was a kid. like, all
1: right, get in there. I don't remember the press conference.
0: No, this is a lot of new stuff here as well. There's okay. a lot of... All the press conference stuff
1: is- surprised me because I didn't remember that happening. No. But the it eventually leads to the sheriff running in and saying... What have you got here? This this guy's already dead or something? (laughs) Yeah,
0: because they they get the doctor in. He doesn't like pull his shirt up. He just goes in through the bloody hole in his uh, in his shirt. Just like (laughs) let's just stick it right into the most unhygienic 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 um, place. It's the dirtiest part of your t-shirt, basically. Get blood all over my stethoscope. And then, when he takes his pulse, he doesn't even take his pulse right. He takes his pulse on this side of his hand. He should take it on the other side, where the thumb is. This guy does not have a medical degree. Definitely.
1: This, this is a B-movie doctor. I, With all the other things going on, this is the least of my concern. <laughs> but I
0: mean, seriously, he's got, like, a, a stab wound in his, his yes. chest. Like, Why would you put it in that hole?
1: <laughs> why would you not clean up the hole if you're the doctor? Yeah, I mean... We just need to move on to the next part yeah. because none of this none of the doctor scene is gonna make any sense to you.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we we kinda of cut back and forth here between the jail and back at Midian. So basically now the cops show up to check out the graveyard. And then right here as well, I say, Oh yeah, I forgot about demented Phil Collins. There's a guy, he's got like a, do you know what I'm talking about? He's got like a really weird shaped, really like scanners type head. His head is ready to pop. And he's got, but he's got on like a little suit as well.
1: Is he just have like a lumpy
0: head? Yeah. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Demented Phil Collins. And then, yeah, and then we we lose our guy. I still don't know his name. He gets beaten up by the cops and explodes
1: outside in the sunshine. Oh, right, Onaka, yeah. But this is also where... Is this the scene where Decker decides to kill the cop? Or is that later?
0: I think um, I think Decker hasn't gotten out yet. Okay. So, yeah, not yet. But just and I remember seeing this as, as a kid as well. I, I keep on saying I was a kid. I wasn't a kid. I was a teenager. But that's still a kid. But yeah, so I felt really sad when this guy... He's been nothing but good the whole movie. Yeah, and I think that's the whole point of why a lot of people love this movie is because, like you said, it
1: flips everything on its head. The monsters are the good guys. The people are actually the monsters. And this is probably the first thing like that that I really saw. There were a handful of other things like an episode in the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon and a few other things that had done this kind of thing before. You've obviously got traditional things like Beauty and the Beast. Where right. The beast is essentially nice on the inside, but he's looked at, but this does it on such a bigger scale and no version of any of the other things have quite made the monsters look so horrific in many ways and awful that it makes it even harder to see them as good.
0: And I think that's definitely Clive Barker's style. I mean, with even, even you could even make the argument for Hellraiser to a point like everyone in Hellraiser that gets it deserves it pretty much.
1: And I think it's also just that Clive Barker, especially when it comes to the visuals for this and for Hellraiser, the creatures that he's created are so his and so unlike anything else. Hmm. that I think that that does resonate a lot with people who wanted that aesthetic and wanted monsters that looked truly horrific.
0: Right. So yeah, then we cut back to the, the police station and it's like, yeah, it's the basically the Boone escapes. Hang on a second. Boone escapes, yeah. Does he kill the policeman? Or does he just like
1: knock him out? He doesn't do anything to escape. No, it's the the woman, yeah. She's... And again, I don't know... And, and, and her friend in the cowboy hat. So he comes charging in. I'm pretty sure that In the opening, at least one of the cops gets shot. Certainly in the hallway where Boone's room is. Oh, yeah. The cop shoots the other cop. The cop shoots the other cop. Yeah. So there is death that happens. Yeah. She kisses the one. And I don't know if that... I've always interpreted it as she basically knocked him out. Yeah. That he wasn't dead. Because she comes in and says... I don't really want to hurt you. And I think if she did, that would kind of go against the idea of them being the nice guys, them being the good guys, versus these cops who are the worst, most bloodthirsty cops that have ever been in a like, film. Like,
0: what the is going on? And I think this was cut as well. Don't it's th-
1: even worse in this one, because you're talking about the introduction to all the weapons, right? Yeah. And he's licking at Garrett or something? Yeah. I... <laughs> Yeah, you I would bet money you, that was not in the original Yeah, he
0: basically orgasms over that garrot. man. It's so funny. They've got, like, everything in that police station, man. They've got rocket launchers, grenade launchers, claymores? Why does a police station have bloody claymore mines?
1: I think that we're meant to believe this is, again, police who love their guns <laughs> they and weapons. Do. And so they've just amassed a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, so then they give all the weapons out to, like, the hillbilly army outside. And again, this is just, like, a modern take on the pitchfork scene, yeah. But I don't remember this being this long, or even if
1: at all. What, the scene of them getting ready? Yeah. I think there's some quick clips, but yeah, this is definitely extended. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff added to that, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And
0: then we're driving back to Midian again, and the priest is in tow, like, get all your holy water and your crosses and stuff. This is where he's, the priest is reading from the Bible and he's like, and then they will destroy Midian. And I was like, all right, I'm calling BS on this. So I looked it up. Uh, no, Midian is actually in the Bible. It's not where monsters go, but uh, but yeah, it does exist. And so I suppose it makes a lot of sense now that they're, it's almost like their prophecy now from their Bible and they're going to, yeah, they're doing the will of God now, which was pretty cool, actually. I like that when movies do that. It's like a bit of an ARG. But anyway, so so yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess just skip all that. Like, there's a bunch of fighting. The berserkers get released, but okay. The, the, the I, I, I want to do. The <laughs> <All right. laughs>
1: there are a few things that happen here that which are very important. One, I I do like this. This is quite an intense fighting action scene. Decker kills the detective with like a straight blade. It just seems very odd that he would do this, and in the way he does it. Ooh, I think I found this. And the detector goes, Why are you pointing out this mask? And he just slits his throat and that's done. done. There are obvious changes between the original and this one. Mainly the fact that our friend who showed us his true face gets his head cut off in the battle and gets it thrown at Boone. And in the original one, he's hanging out. Like he yeah. does not die. Yeah. And this is where I was saying, some very different things happen in this version and the other version, but clearly they filmed both.
0: Yeah, I definitely know that this is from Cabal in the book because I went and I read a quick synopsis and yeah, they mentioned that part specifically. So I think maybe what they've done is they've said, we're going to shoot a movie version and then we're going to shoot a true-to-the-book version and we're going to try and make them meet somewhere in the middle. That would be my best
1: guess. Releasing the Berserkers... Yes, I think for me... They weren't doing a good enough job of showing them losing. Well I mean when he he just like breaks that coffin here's a weapon it's like that's a plank of wood. (laughs) Which I don't remember that from the original. I don't remember that from the original either. Uh, I'm sure they can come up with better weapons. Aren't they they all like
0: supernatural monsters anyway? Don't they have talents? Well not all of them. Not all of them do. I think your
1: mutant Phil Collins probably doesn't have any special (laughs) powers. He probably needs something. drum, Drum them to death. But I feel like in their area, they must have something better than this beat-up old wood.
0: You could just throw that holy water out of the man that you've got downstairs. Anything!
1: I just don't... I never really felt like they were totally losing, and I felt like we needed to see them totally losing. We've already had Boone's rousing speech. They are fighting back. But I, I still don't get the impression that they're really losing and that they're desperate enough to release the Berserkers. But they do... Tell me what you think about the way the Berserkers look.
0: I mean, for everything else out of the whole movie, you got really good makeup, but the berserkers are just—they're almost like a final thought, man. It's like we will just just—we've run
1: out of material. Let's put some football pads on them. Paper mache and football football equipment. Yeah, it just cracks me up because it's so obvious that there are football pads under there. It's just so <laughs> obvious that they've done that. <laughs> it might be hockey shoulder pads in right. Canada, yeah. so it is possible. Yeah. But it's so obviously pads that they've just extended and spray in painted. Some way. I don't mind though. I like the berserkers, but I want. I want. If they're really berserkers, if they're so out of control, they seem to ignore Boone pretty easily when he just crawls up. up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want them to be attacking each other. I want them to be just totally out of control because they seem to go straight for the cops. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, well. A homing missile. Uh, I don't think there is dangerous as you led us to believe this whole time
0: we've locked all these guys in the basement for like a thousand years yeah the first thing they would probably do is attack their jailers yeah and maybe make friends with the people that are freeing them upstairs letting off all the claymore mines and stuff but yeah anyway it is what it is
1: it's fun though I, I'm not I mean it's so funny it's what,
0: fun. what I realized was so funny was what's the first thing they do go straight for the balls yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so then Boone and uh, Decker have their kind of final showdown. And this is not, again, from the original. Part of it is, but
1: the last scene is not. Which last scene? I've always loved the fact that... <laughs> I know, it's such a cheap and easy effect, I'm sure. But the way he gets the uh, sword through him yeah. from the table, and he's got the card. The cards. <laughs> I've always loved that.
0: <laughs> I said, I said, I wrote that in here. I said, okay, we have to ask the really deep philosophical questions here at filling in the gaps. Why does Boone get stabbed right through the chest and then subsequently fall into a card table and then have the ace of hearts perfectly skewered onto the tip of the blade? Certainly could be a lot of
1: symbolism there. Couldn't yeah, there?
0: I think so. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they have their fight. He does that thing and then he launches him off of the thing. But in the original cut, he's skewered on top of Baphomet. In this, he just crashes onto, like, a table or something like that, onto, a, like, a, a concrete block. And I was thinking, oh, I don't remember that. He must somehow roll off of that and get skewered, because I'm waiting for, the, for, well, what we know is coming. is this ending. Well. But it doesn't happen. Yeah. No. And I was very disappointed with what the ending was in this cut. Anyway, so, the sheriff, we get some new scenes, or at least scenes I don't remember, where the sheriff gets killed by the priest. I definitely don't remember that part. Oh, so you're cutting, so after the battle. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I suppose we should talk about how the priest bites the dust as well.
1: Well, doesn't bite it, but he gets his own baptism. There's more time spent this time. Originally, he just kind of accidentally tips over the bowl. Yes. But in this one, Baphomet kind of makes a scowling face before he does, which leads you to believe that somehow Baphomet has caused this to happen. Right. Leads to pretty much the same thing, but I prefer the other version just because it's shorter. Yeah, whoopsie. (laughs)
0: whoopsie.
1: And also, it's his own fault in that one. Right. If Baphomet actually does interfere in some way, then that leads me to believe that he wants vindication. And there's at least some sort of justification for it in this version. In the original version, it was all his own fault, and he deserved it himself.
0: Because, I mean, even in this version, he's like, he... Kind of does a one eighty. He's like, no, these guys are good. You know, we can't kill them. There's children down there. There's innocent people. He's doing
1: a lot of that in this one. Yeah, and then suddenly is like, well, you burned my face. Now I hate you no, all. I hate you. And again, that ties back to the
0: whole Decker thing, but which is not in this. You know, and they flipped it again.
1: Make up your mind. Right. So I guess let's talk about these endings here. Yeah. Ashbury, our priest, instead of in the original version where he had created a shrine to Decker. Yes. And basically brings him back to life yeah, using in a, in the a terrific the baptism. jump scare.
0: Like <laughs> that part where Decker just like suddenly like wakes up and just like, whoa, and his hands come out, gets me every time. And I, even this time I was waiting for it, like, when's it coming? I'm not going to flinch this
1: time, <laughs> but it but never comes. It's not even it's there. It's not even
0: in the movie. That's one of the best
1: bits. No, instead he now has superhuman strength because he's picking yeah. the sheriff up with one that hand. That sheriff was a big killing, lad. Yeah. So that whole thing was added. I even went back to check, was the sheriff at the base of the shrine before? No, I don't Mm-mm. think we ever see him again. I think we just assume that he died. With this one, we also have the incredibly extra scene with Laurie and Boone, which I think is what you've been dying to talk about the whole time. Yeah. Where Boone's going to leave her behind to go show everybody where to go and live. We also get a whole thing in the barn, a whole conversation, and more shots of more citizens here than we did in the original one, where they talk about how long it might take. In the original one, we just kind of get to see them and zoom out. We don't get any kind of conversation here. Mm -hmm. But Lori wants to, well, she doesn't want to be left behind. Right. And again, problem, it seems like everything's happened in three days, but... I, you know, she's like, I've done so much to get here. It's like, well, it's been two days. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're, we're led to believe it's been a long journey to get here. She doesn't want to be left behind. And so she kills herself and Boone has to bite her to bring her back.
0: She Juliet's herself. Yeah. So then that's
1: it. It's a weird scene. I don't like that scene at all. It doesn't seem to fit. It's
0: Well, I mean, it's definitely back to where we started with Boone getting bitten. So, I mean, his bite obviously brings her back, and maybe that's and oh, and that is part of the prophecy because it's on the cave painting.
1: Oh, is it that he's going to bite her?
0: No, well, that she's with him at the end on the moon, like her Sally and Jack Skellington on the hill at the end. You know, it's basically them on the hill with the moon in the background. But yeah, so it's like that's it. I don't remember this part in the original. Oh
1: no. No, no, this was not there. I went back and watched to be sure. This is not there. Right. Like I said, they're, the original, the barn, we don't even get to hear them talk. Yeah, right, it's of, just the
0: barn and that's it. Yeah. We,
1: we just, just see them Decker, knowing they need to be escorted off. Like the very last back. scene is Decker.
0: Oh, is that the very ending? That's like the, oh, is there going to be, be a sequel? sequel
1: which, which there is not. Not yet.
0: Well, I've got a little bit to say about that. Do you? Yeah. Supposedly, I mean, are we done talking about this? Can we move on?
1: I think so, unless there's anything else that you wanted mm, to add. No. I I think, again, we would just say, I like the original better. Me too. Definitely. Definitely.
0: And I, I don't get me wrong, I love director's cuts for some stuff, like um, Blade Runner.
1: Uh, I liked it. There are some things that are good and some things yeah. I, I much prefer the original
0: And And uh, Watchmen, I like the director's cut. So yeah, sometimes more is better. But for this one, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, I love Nightbreed. I don't like this cut and I certainly am not watching the 40 minute one. Although I might have to just to see what it looks like, you know, but see how what else. But yeah, like you said, there's a ton of really dedicated fans that are like rabid about this movie and they just want more of it. So whatever they can get, I suppose.
1: I mean, there was a comic book series for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. There was a game on this. I played I played a game on the spectrum for this. There was a game. There was two. There was two games for this. There was one called the action game, and there was one called the interactive movie. Never played the interactive movie. I think that was only on the Amiga or something like that. But the Spectrum one was pretty good for its time. It had a great soundtrack. Well, well, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> what were you about to sing? I was like, but I can't put it in here because <laughs> I, I,
0: I want to let you listen to it now, but I can't do that.
1: Um, maybe yeah. maybe we could put a link to. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
0: But yeah. So Sci-Fi was supposedly had picked this up as a TV show in 2015, and it still hasn't come to anything, so who knows what's going on, but yeah, there was talks about Nightbreed 2, that all fell through very quickly, sci-fi picked it up, we haven't, it's very hard to find any information about it, I searched for a good 20-30 minutes trying to find stuff, IMDB nothing, just even like magazine bits, you know like just rumours basically yeah, sci-fi did say something about it, and it's called uh, what was it called? Oh, I, should, I thought I wrote it down. Mm, it was called like Children of Cabal or something like that. I can't exactly remember what it was called. But yeah, nothing. Nightbreed. Game made by our our good friends. Over Ocean? Ocean? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I played on Spectrum. It was good. It was hard. But great soundtrack. Interactive movie. I watched a clip of that on YouTube. It looks dire, man. It looks It looks dire. Just... Like one of those things where you use your remote control to like <laughs> control the character. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like it. I like the movie. I get it. It's a movie that you can look, if you really wanted to go just beyond, oh, it's a monster movie flipped on its head. It's a movie about racism, Nazis, tolerance of gender, sexuality. And it's a movie about people trying to define you wrongly. It's about how we kill and fear what we don't understand. I get all of that. But when I was young,
1: this was just a really cool as hell monster movie. Yeah. And I think you can watch it both ways and appreciate it both ways. For me, it's a fun movie. And I I can't tell you the number of times that I brought this one back out because it's it's so many of the things that I love in a B movie. It's physical effects. It's, <laughs> it's got some parts that are so bad, they're kind of laughable. But overall, there's some real heart and some real care that went into making something that is enjoyable.
0: Gaps filled are more gaps created.